to another live edition of Sports Blogger Radio, sponsored by our good friends, FanJunkies.net. I am your host, John Leary, and with me is always Scott. It's a mystery, Blooney. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight, we're going to be talking about the disappointing loss of the Chicago Blackhawks, the ongoing investigation that is Aaron Hernandez. We'll also be joined by our good friend and contributing writer to Sports Blogger Radio, Yoni Sternberg, to talk the Celtics. Scott. It's a mystery. What's going on, man? What did you think of that? I did that when you know before the show. Why didn't you give me a warm up before the show? Be like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this, and we're gonna uh, laugh, hopefully. Absolutely not. I like to I like to keep you on your toes. Oh, that that was that was one of the better ones that you've had. I yes. had to commend you on that one. It's a mystery. I, <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, so. Let's uh, let's go right into this, oh, man. man. Game. Uh, Six. This has been a terrible week for Boston sports, in my opinion. Yeah, know. you've been you've been saying that you've been you've been crying that. I have been you know. crying. Well, you know, I don't know what you do in your house by yourself. You know, I mean, I'm just saying it's, it's been a bad week. I mean, to give up two goals and a win in 17, 17 seconds, seconds, yeah, and, terrible. Which is a, a record for you know the previous record was a one minute and one second, and that was the Bruins scoring twice on the Red Wings. Um, in in 1941. Yep. Yeah, but um, I just I can't believe it. I thought that I, as I was watching it, I was just like, it didn't really it didn't really hit me, and I was like, okay, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. How did that just? Did happen? you were you were you like me, and did you honestly think that you know even though they scored the third, you know, they scored the winning goal, or eventually would be the winning goal. Did you actually think the Bruins were going to tie it up? Because I don't know for some reason I did. I, just, I it seemed so like. Oh, I guess I know how Toronto feels now. Um, <laughs> well, that I mean, that really sucked a lot. Yeah, um, that, that was that was pretty terrible. But you know what, though, I mean, let's get let's let's stop for a second and give the Chicago Blackhawks the much needed credit that they deserve, because for the most part of the game, they were pretty much outplayed. The Brewers outplayed them, at least in my eyes. And they, you know. The Blackhawks, they just they didn't they didn't go out they they obviously didn't go out without a fight and then obviously you know ended up winning. Um, I just you know it, it hurts but it it doesn't you know what I mean because the Blackhawks played a played a great series. And Blackhawks they, are a good team. They're the best oh they're team. a great team. Yeah, you know, they won the team. President's Trophy. They had it like twenty six on game on beach streak or something ridiculous like that. I mean, I mean you can't sit there and you, if you if you look back. And I've said this numerous times throughout this week. If you look back towards, you know, Game Seven against Toronto, the Bruins shouldn't have even been here. You know what I mean? The fact that they, you know, they went on to win Game Seven, took on the New York Rangers, and ended up beating them in uh, five games, taking, you know, and sweeping the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, in Which Eastern. nobody thought was going to happen. No, absolutely. You know what I mean? Everybody thought at least go seven games at the most. And they ended up sweeping them. I mean, they still took two two of the games from you know a very very 
high-powered, offensively fast team. And there was like three overtime games that could have gone either way, and there were a lot of funky bounces for both sides. It was a good series. And you know what? Despite you being disappointed as a Bruins fan, as a hockey fan, you have to look at the TV ratings that the playoffs have been getting this this year. Was it like 5.2 or something? It's uh, it's something like that. I don't, all I know is that like the rating for Game One of Stanley Cup Finals was double that of what was given for last year uh, with right. the L.A. Kings and uh, the the Devils. Devils and yeah. as as an NHL enthusiast, as a, as a hockey fan, like I'm pumped that people who weren't watching hockey are now you know. Oh wow, this is pretty intense. Like, Absolutely. Uh, this is Absolutely. something I want to I want to watch. And you know, we only got like 105 more games till or 105 more. See, I miss it so much. Days till <laughs> till the season. And uh, you know, I could uh, I could actually picture you uh, looking at a ca- uh, calendar right now, marking each each day with a black magic marker. Uh, you, you know. know? I wish. I, I just. I, it's. <laughs> it, I'm. I'm looking forward to an 82 game season again because. Yeah. Uh, this season, I think the 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 condensing of the season really um, left a lot of the players vulnerable to pretty bad injuries, and I think that the playoffs they were great, uh, but so it, it was it was tough to watch so many people get hurt. It was so physical, and it was so you know after not the the conditioning issues going into the season, and you know the shortened season, how condensed it is. It was it was you know. Right, was, let me let me uh, real quick. I'm going to throw out some. These are the injuries that have been reported, and I kind of want to get your take on it. Um, You know, like I said, they've been reported, you know, at the end, what they do every year. They go ahead and, you know, tell you basically what these guys have been dealing with. Um, Patrice Bergeron, he's been dealing with a hole in his lung, a cracked rib, torn rib cartilage, and a separated shoulder. Now, he suffered the hole in the lung or the punctured lung uh, in game five. He played, you know, he went to, for anybody who doesn't know, he went to the hospital and he, you know, he came back with the team. He played all 60 minutes of game six with all these injuries. I mean, this, I, I mean, me personally, I've never had a punctured lung, so I don't know what it's like, but I'm pretty sure it's pretty tough to catch breath. Um, So, you know, that's one person. Nathan Horton had a dislocated shoulder. He needs surgery on that too. Yeah, he needs surgery on that. Uh, Zidane Chara had a hip flexor injury. Uh, Gregory Campbell, obviously, he had a broken leg. He suffered that in the Pittsburgh series. Dennis Seidenberg had a strained hamstring. Uh, Yammer Yarger broke his nose and injured his back, I believe, in game five. I don't know. He's a workhorse. Game five or six, he was definitely in, in the, the latter half of the series. Yeah, I mean, you could tell that he was he was, he was was definitely nursing something. But, yeah. Uh, I mean... Just to go back to Patrice Bergeron, for him, for him, for him to play Game Six like that, wow, what a warrior that guy is! You know, I mean, he at 27, he has the composure and the poise and the attitude of any NHL captain right now. And, and I think and he's he, totally. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but he's totally exactly what sums up a hockey player. Oh yeah, if absolutely. if he can walk. He's going to be on the ice, and I mean, and he obviously Game Six was a very important game, so it it's just amazing that he played. I, I, unbelievable. Yeah, you know, it it speaks volumes about his character and about um <clears throat> the the game he plays uh, on both sides of the puck and how he's 
a classy guy, but I think that what comes through most about his game is how much he loves it and how much he's how passionate he is about it and how Absolutely. he respects both sides of the game. And he really, you know, works to be a well-rounded player who can play all aspects of the game. He does penalty kill, power play, offense, defense, whatever you need him to do. You know, I'm sure if you asked him to play goalie, he'd be like, all right, uh, I'm going for it. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, it really reflects the fact that he was willing to play through that because, I mean – I know that when in the NBA you get a leg cramp, you, you sit out the rest of the game or get carried off in a stretcher. And, um, right. you know, with some sports, you know, it's acceptable to be injured and then you, you take a seat. But these guys want to be in there and play the game because that's what they're passionate and what's what they love, you know. That's so. it. That's it. I mean, and I'll, I'll always go on record stating that um, hockey is physically demanding the sport out there. I mean, these guys deserve these guys deserve the money that they earn. That's, I mean – that's just there's no question about that. Um now speaking on you know money being earned and players and stuff uh Peter Shirelli, the general manager for the Boston Bruins he's come out and he's stated that he's he's not bringing back Andrew Ferenc and he's not bringing back Yami Yager or Jay Pendolfo. I just kind of want to get your thoughts on that because I know we had spoke earlier that we're we're kind of sad to see Andrew Ferenc go just because of the character that he is. And we're kind of sad to see Yama Yager to go because, well, let's face it, he, you know, Yager bomb. We've been wanting to say legend. it all season. So, yeah, he's a legend. And he liked – you could tell he liked it here. So I just wanted to kind of get your uh, your thoughts on that. Well, with the – I'll take Ferentz first. Uh, with Ferentz, you know, it's sad to see a guy who's so in touch with the Boston community, who loves Boston, who loves where he's at, and who plays a solid game go – um, you know, and I wish him all the best where, where, wherever he lands. I'm yeah. sure he's going to end up like, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see him on the New York Rangers, to be perfectly honest. Um, they, I wonder what Jonathan Raggis will feel, how he'll feel about that. I mean, I've been reading stuff about, you know, where he could land all day, and it seems like, you know, he might, that's a real possibility, which, you know, I wish him the best. New York is a great organization. Um, yeah, definitely. I, the fact of the matter, the fact of the matter is, excuse me, is that, we're bringing up three young defensemen yep. who can do his job or do it better right now. Now, and, and, uh, sorry, I, I keep cutting you off. I don't mean to do that, but um, like I said, bringing that, you know, those three defensemen. Uh, I had stated earlier before the show that uh, Tory Krug reminds me a lot of Andrew Ferentz. He's, he's, you know, he's about his size. He's a lot faster. He can handle the puck a little bit better. Um, but he's not as big as some of these defensemen go. So, I, 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 I think Toy Krug, I mean, obviously, he turned a lot of heads in these playoffs, especially in the Rangers series. You know, people are going Krug crazy in Boston. I think that's something that he brings that we haven't had for a long time in Boston is that he's a guy who's not, you know, not afraid to bring it up through, you know, neutral zone, zone through the blue line and just, you know, unleash it. Like, he's not afraid to be that Subban, uh, Chris Letang type of, of defenseman. Uh, which is did, something. Which is something. The Bruins. They, they haven't had in a long lacking. time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, an, uh, like a purely offensive-minded defenseman. Um, and I mean, <laughs> at the same time, he has played good defense, and he was laying big hits uh, in the playoffs. And people underestimated him, and people will point to the mistakes he made, which were pretty glaring. But the kid's a rookie. Like, yes. yeah. he's, he's fresh out of the AHL, um, and 
you saw his offensive skill. You saw his athleticism and his hand-eye coordination and, you know, his footwork, his, his shooting ability, his shot selection, and his choices. He was playing like a veteran. And, you yeah. know, it's it's unfair to pin mistakes on, you know, Toy well, Drew because Char was making mistakes and Seidenberg was making mistakes and, you know, oh, well, they're having a bad game. People are allowed to make mistakes. I think that he's going to come up, I mean, uh, w- whether it be him or, you know, well, he he will be coming up in the next few years, if not next year, as an offensive defenseman who will be able to play for the Bruins organization and produce. I, I mean, just just going from the two, you know, obviously with Andrew, Andrew Ferentz going and stuff, and uh, we, we've also talked about this a little bit, you know, Johnny Johnny Boychuk possibly being in some sort of trade rumors and stuff. You know, I don't agree with that. I don't think Johnny Boychuk is going to go anywhere. I don't want him to go anywhere. He's going to be one of our top defensemen. But Tory Krug, he's... He's got that. Uh, he's got. He's got the thing. God, what can, how am I going to say this? He can move the puck, and he's getting like chastised for you know his mistakes. But if you really watch the tape and you really watch him, he made a lot better plays than anybody really noticed. You know what I mean? His passing, his his eyesight. You know he. He knows where what he's doing. He knows where he's going. With oh this. no, obviously, and I think that the fact that he he came up to the big. Uh, you know, he came up and he played his game on uh, on a huge NHL playoff you know setting, and he right. wasn't he wasn't trying to adjust his game to play a more defensive game or wasn't trying to uh, you know play more conservatively. That speaks volumes about his confidence, which I like to see. I like to see confident players. You know, I think that we had some issues with players like Sagan, who was he looked. You know, he would get the puck, but he didn't look very confident at times. I think yeah. Tory Krug, whenever he had the puck, looked confident. Um, I mean, he knew he knew. Obviously, you know, he was set up at the point, and he either pass it or shoot it. It was one. I mean, it's really there's no science to it. You know, he knew pass it or shoot it. But the fact that he makes those decisions, and that he makes good decisions, and that he knows the difference between passing and shooting, uh, and he, he can shoot it in good areas and and get goals. That's you know, he had more goals. And then Tyler Sagan did in these playoffs. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, how many Tyler Sagan have? One? Two, one or two. You know, I think he had one. So, you know, um, and, you know, he had more He had more goals this playoffs than the legend Jarmir Yager. So I would like to see him step up in Ferentz's position. And, you know, I think that the combination of him and McQuaid was actually pretty successful this year. And oh, Yeah, it, I agree. And, I mean, I think it should be interesting to see how this shakes up. We've heard rumors about Boychuk leaving. I I would hope not because I think that Boychuk showed uh, this season that he he could potentially be a premier defenseman in the NHL. I, I really fully think, agree. I think fully, that he's got agree. the the offense. He's got the offensive. First of all, he's got a bomb. The yeah. dude, the Johnny Rockets man. I wish that we had you know Jack Edwards in the playoffs to hear the Johnny Rockets call Johnny because Rocket. yeah, I know, I know. He can unleash the puck. It's like it looks like shade to Chara. I mean, of course, I mean that one Chara goal where it was just a bomb that you can't du- duplicate that, but. Boychuk, he's got a bomb. And the thing is, yeah, well, Johnny Boychuk, you know, during during the season, uh, Julian, he puts he puts Boychuk and Chara together. You know what I mean? And then he usually puts, um, you know, Seidenberg. Exactly, he's a great guy to learn from. I'm I'm wondering what Dennis Seidenberg's deal is. Well, now, go ahead. See how he he was injured and he was laboring and he he had some he had some injuries in the early playoffs. I thought that he played well in the season. Yeah. Um, I think that he will continue to play well for the Bruins. Um, but he is 
getting a little bit older. So is Char is getting older, and you can see them both getting tired out pretty quick. And I well, think yeah, I mean they're playing. You know, during the playoffs, they're playing like almost thirty something minutes a game. I just think that that takes a toll after a while. I think that Boychuk will have a heightened role in the defense, as I think Krug will. I think that will be interesting to see who gets, you know, whether it's uh, Barkowski or Hamilton or Krug, like by all trying to get to that that spot. Right. Um, you know, they want that spot, and we'll see what happens. But I think that we have three great defenders in development right now, and they're going to be, you know, assets, you know, uh, for for years to come for the Bruins. I absolutely agree. Um, now, Peter Shirelli's come, uh, he's gone out and said that he really, obviously, he wants to resign Tuka Rask, who is a, I believe, a restricted free agent, um, you know, once the open market starts. So I, I see them locking him, that, him up for at least five years, um, you know, with a decent, five years. Five Sorry. years. <laughs> with a decent amount of money. Um, but he, they've also said that they, they, uh, they're interested in bringing back Nathan Horton, which I think is a great idea. I mean, Nathan Horton has, you know, he's had some off and on games here and there, but in the playoffs, obviously he shines. You know, obviously we don't want him to be just a playoff guy. We want him to be, you know, all around, you know, good. You know, with some of the money coming off the books here, do you think they'll actually bring him back? Well, you, you, as we said before, Yager's gone, and that's pretty much, you know, he's gone because he's an older guy. He was here on a lease, basically, um, or like kind of like a loan for the playoffs. And right. while he, he, he played his role, like, it's a lot of money. And, um, you know, I hope that you continue to play hockey because I love watching you. Um, but, Yager you know, it frees us some space. And I want people to, to remember that, you know, uh, he, Tuca, first of all, in his playoff run, was ridiculous. Yeah, um, he had the top save percentage, right? It was a 1.97 save the, percentage, I believe. He had the top save percentage with a 9.40. He had the most wow. saves. He had, you know, the most shots that he had to face. He had the least goals against. Um, and, you know, he he has proven. And people, I, I don't understand what people, because I, I know a couple of these people who say that he's not a lead goaltender yet. Yes, he is. Yeah, he took it. He, he clearly he, is a, an elite goaltender. I mean, for anybody that wants to argue with us about that, that's fine. You can call in three four seven two three seven five three seven three. But let's let's face the facts. He faced the second highest offense powered team in the third round of the playoffs and swept them. He he swept them. He he shut them out in the very in in the fourth game. That's come on. That, how is that not elite? And I remember, I, you know, people were just saying that, you know, all we, you know, people were still on the Timmy Thomas bandwagon, and people were talking about how he doesn't compare I, to Timmy Thomas. Like, well, do I? I don't. I just want to backtrack real quick. Do you remember at the beginning? I believe it was the Toronto, the Toronto series, or the uh, Ranger series. You, we had a discussion about if I thought who was the better goalie to uh, to Garaska, Tim Thomas, and I, I kind of stuck with uh, Tim Thomas. And I said, let's wait until after the you know season's over. Well, I'm changing my tune. Tuka Rask, it's Tuka time in Boston, baby. Get this guy signed. You know. He, oh yeah. He, give him, give him the money. He deserves it. Give yeah, him all the yeah. money you can. Well, not all the money. Well, you well can. give him the money that he deserves. All right. Like, yeah. Get, well, make, make him, make him a, you know, make him paid like an elite goalie, like a Henrik Lundqvist and and. Uh, you know, whoever else out there, you know, like he just, he deserves it. You know, he's, he's proven that he, he's worth that money. 
And then we talk about Nathan Horton, who who wants to come back to Boston. I, I'm not so sure about this. He he's looking for a big contract, like a big one, and they'll. It's difficult for me because I I love Nathan Horton. I love our first line. I think that our first line has the potential to be one of the best lines in hockey. Oh, um, absolutely. But the thing is that his defense. Well, it, for most of the season, I honestly think was pretty bad, and I think that I, I I want to see more out of him. I feel like he just hasn't reached that level yet. I don't know if you if you see what I'm seeing, but like I I I know I know what it, he brings it to the playoffs, and he brings it so hard. And during the regular season, I just feel like he's kind of coasting. Yeah, you know, and like at least Krejci can produce a little bit during the season, and, and Lucic produced a little bit during the season. I mean, not this season, but. Yeah. Usually, I just wish that Horton, like, I hadn't seen him really excel yet in Boston in, during the regular season. The playoffs, different story. But... Well, that's, that, well, that brings back to, you know, that goes back to the point that I was saying. Like, we don't want him to be just a playoff guy. We want him to be an all-around guy. Like, I totally hear what you're saying. He he does kind of coast, but it, it's weird. It, it's almost like, you know, when he came into this playoff, he realized he was going to be, you know, a free agent. So it's like all of a sudden he was like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna play my butt off, and I'm gonna go ahead and uh, get paid. But I mean, you can't. I, I guess you can't mess with that the chemistry that that first line has. I mean, they. No, they Peter do, Shirelli has said many times that he wants to keep that first line the way it is. And I don't. I I think it's worth it. I don't know. I think it's worth it, honestly. I mean, as as much as I want the Bruins to, you know, go out and, and sign, you know, a, a big name player and bring someone you know, someone great in, you know, you still have that connection. I mean, this is the, this is, that was the second Stanley cup finals that they've gone to in three years. So, you know, why, why mess Why break up the bands yet? You're almost there. You know, it just depends on how much money we're talking about. I think, I don't know. I, you know, the chemistry is there and you should keep it. And it's a reason to re-sign them for sure. At the same time, I'd like to see him step up his play a little bit. I just I expect oh, yeah, more from absolutely. him. I don't know if that's me just being a, like a snotty Boston fan, but no, like, no, no, no. I because I fully agree. I mean, honestly, if, if they go ahead and they do, you know, pay him some decent money, then you know the guy's going to get chastised if he if he plays like he did this year because you know us as Boston fans feel that hey, you just go, you just you know made all this money, so start playing like you did, you know, because that's just the way we are. Um, so I'm gonna. You know, yes, it was a disappointing loss, and we're gonna have. Well, we're, you know, just um, just to put it just perspective, uh, with with Nathan Horton, um, <laughs> in 43 games in the regular season, he had 22 points with 13 goals. In 22 games played in the playoffs, yep. he had 19 points and seven goals. Yeah, it's like so. it's like night and day. But yeah, yeah exactly. you know what? Oh, uh, going back to the loss, <sighs> that sucked. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It hurts. But you know what? We'll get over it. Uh, I want to go ahead and talk about our next topic, which is it's a mystery topic here. Aaron Hernandez. Everybody knows Aaron Hernandez by now. Mr. Hernandez has uh, messed up. He is messed up, big, bad, and stupidly. Is that a word? That's a good word. I'll no, like I, I don't know. I'm, I'm making stuff up now. Um, <laughs> Well, actually, let's let's stop real quick. And, First of uh, all, yeah, let's, uh, uh, let's let's send out our condolences uh, to um, the victim's family. Uh, he's, you know, 
this is a shameless ad. It's just ridiculous. Uh, Olden Lloyd, um, you know, 27 year old man. <sighs> man, I, 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 I don't, I don't, I, I don't understand. Well, let's, where where do you begin? Where That's do we begin? All right, so I guess the Boston Globe reported that Lloyd may have had information on a double murder, which happened last July. When Daniel Abreu and Safario Furtado, I don't know if I'm pronouncing those names right, were killed in their car, the car that was involved in the drive-by shooting was rented by Aaron Hernandez under Aaron Hernandez's name. So what it sounds like is that Aaron Hernandez may or may not have, I'm not going to say did, um, you know, kill this guy. Uh, I mean, the evidence certainly points to that. Uh, because yeah, like I said, we we said in our last show, we're not going to go ahead and say anybody's guilty until we know for sure. But um, you're right. It's I mean, all the evidence, evidence is overwhelming. You know, yeah. I, I just want to say that you know the fact of the matter is, Aaron Hernandez is a dumbass because uh, you know he picked up the victim in a rental car he rented under his name. Right. It was a mile away from his house. The body was recovered. Um, it was, you know, the rental car had a shell casing in it when he returned it to the rental service. Right, exactly. And he was filmed by his own security system taking the gun back into his house. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and he tried to break his phone and break his security system. That, I mean, in you know, with the NSA listening into everything and, you know, you know, the, the technology no, being yeah. what it is, you can't, you can't. You can't escape your phone records there, Aaron Hernandez. Nice try. Um, I mean, let's let's kind of look at it. I, I kind of want to go and look at it as like a football perspective real quick. And, and this Aaron Hernandez, obviously, he had – I don't even know if he's had a tough upbringing or whatever his deal was. But he's a native of Bristol, Connecticut, first of all. And, he, you know, he went to Florida and he had a couple – couple uh marijuana charges and this and that and you know then he gets picked up by the New England Patriots. Now the New England Patriots have been known for taking guys on and you know making them quote unquote the Patriot way. Now for those who don't know, the Patriot way is basically keep your mouth shut, play the foot you know, play football and you'll have you know, you'll be part of a winning organization and you'll be respected. That's just the terminology they use. I'm not stating that, you know, whatever, but all he had, to, he, you know, he got he got drafted in um, was it 2009? No, 2010. Excuse me. He got drafted in 2010, and you know, obviously he was given a spiel, and he stated, you know, I'm a, I'm a New England Patriot now. I'm gonna do what I can. I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna make it the best decision of their lives. Blah blah blah. And he goes out and he plays his butt off for Bill Belichick, and he gets massively rewarded last, you know, the beginning of last year. By a fifty-two mil, a fifty forty mil with a twelve million signing bonus. Yeah, exactly, twelve million dollar signing bonus. Okay, that is ridiculous. Now, was it? I believe it was what for seven years. Um, I don't know. Uh, it was about. I think it was like six or seven. Uh, I'm, not, I'm a little shady on the details, but fifty-two million dollars, twelve million guaranteed for seven or six years, and. It was a long-term contract. It was a very. You want to know the contract. easiest way to piss away fifty-two million dollars? He did it. Yeah, that's you. You you win. You and not win. only and not only that, did he? You know, not only did he, uh, 
you know, piss away that money just like that. But the, the New England Patriots are still responsible for the twelve and a half million dollars that guaranteed uh, signing bonus, if not more. Oh yeah, it, that's that's that, uh that's his money. That's a hit that the that the yeah you know you know what he this guy is going to be making money in jail. It's ridiculous. That's what I'm saying. He's going to be rotting in jail. You know making what? Twelve million dollars. Why the franchise that believed in him and the franchise that tried to reward him for what they thought was a person fixing their life is going to eat $12 million. Now, with them losing that money, they can't really go out and sign anybody right now. So that leaves zero, zero receivers for Tom Brady from the 2012 season. Yeah, I know we were talking about this before. and I put up my Facebook, my Twitter. Um, Brady's top five uh, pass catchers, I guess, because yes, pass catchers of 2012 are yeah. are gone, and oh, are are well, Gronk is questionable, and then you have you know Wes Welker is gone, gone. Um, you Brandon know Lloyd gone, Hernandez is gone, gone. and Woodhead is gone, gone. So and, there you go. And oh, and, yeah, it's it's you know. Brandon now, Lloyd, Gronkowski, Aaron Hernandez, Danny Woodhead, Wes Welker. Wes you know Welker. I mean, that's it's. I mean, to anybody out there, you know, the three names that poke, uh, poke out to you: Wes Welker, Aaron Hernandez, Rob Gronkowski. You know, now Tom Brady. Tom Brady has definitely been known for taking wide receivers and making them pretty good mm-hmm. and stuff. But I think, I mean. <laughs> Those are five important guys that he had around him to make him him better. Oh yeah, and you know, you know like, now now we're left. You know, this Danny Amendola's got some big shoes to fill, right about. Yeah, now. I mean, and of course, now talking on our, I think it was our second show, we talked about Danny Amendola coming here and how he had to fill Wes Welker's shoes and stuff. Well, guess what? Now not only does he have to fill Wes Welker's shoes, he's got to fill Aaron Hernandez's shoes. Brendan Lloyd's shoes. I mean, he's got a lot on his plate right he's now. He's got to carry the team a little bit. And you know what? This, well, I mean, look at the depth chart. You know, Danny Amendola, Michael Jenkins, Aaron Dobson, Donald Jones. Jones. Who, like, these guys are guys that we're not used to seeing at all. Well, I mean, yeah, yes, not in the Patriots, you know. Not yeah, Patriots, it just, it's, just, it's going to be a completely new Patriots team. I think that the signing of LeGarrette Blunt is even more important now. I think the, the Patriots... You know, that was a kudos. That, was, that is a A plus signing right there. That was a, that was a very big signing, and I remember the day it happened during the draft. I had, I had texted you, and you know, me and you were we were like two little schoolgirls. Like, oh but, yeah, <laughs> you know, um, and because that's that's huge. You know, he'll fill he'll fill the void for Danny Woodhead. He, he can catch out of the backfield, and he's a he's a straight uphill runner. He will yeah, plow he, through he bulldozes people. people beast mode. So he's you know he that's a great signing. Or oh, actually, it was a trade. Uh, you know, trading sign or whatever the heck it was. But, um, you know, Donald Jones, you know, I think he, Donald Jones was basically brought in to fill the void of, um, you know, Brandon Lloyd. He's a, he's a fast guy uh, and he can stretch the field. He's, he's got, you know, he definitely has, yeah, he's got good hands and stuff, but I mean, I don't know. He's kind of a wait and see type of guy. I, I just, really... I just don't trust these guys because I haven't seen enough of them. I no, honestly, like, I, absolutely, it's, I, it's a little bit. I know that Tom Brady, like you said, has elevated the people that he's played with their ability, but at the same time, like you have his his best five, you know, offensive weapons, you know, 
Ronk, I mean, we'll see the timetable for Gronkowski, but yeah, you know, four are gone. One is one is injured. One is um, injured. And <laughs> one is fra- one is fragile. I one is suppose. fragile. One's a meathead <laughs> and uh, can't stop partying. And it just this is gonna be a very new <laughs> look. And don't please don't say anything about Tim Tebow. No, 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 no. I wasn't going to. I wasn't going to. What I was gonna say was uh, Rob Gronkowski's partying makes uh, Aaron Hernandez makes. Oh, look, makes him like Bush League. You know, makes him look like a saint. Yeah. I mean, um, and I just brought up Tim Tebow. I mean, Tim no. Tebow at tight end? No, we're not going to talk about it because it's not happening. Tim Tebow at tight end? No. <laughs> I mean, so so this is this is really difficult for the Patriots. What You know, and we can only ask, you know, what kind of season do you think this is going to lead to? Do you think that, you know, <sighs> the last time there were major personnel changes with the, the Patriots offense, you know, it wasn't a great season. And, um... No, but they still made the playoffs. Well, I think that <laughs> I mean, I think that Bill Belichick is going to take you to the playoffs always because he's, you know, the dark lord Bill Belichick who can who could do everything and doesn't well, run. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I mean, you know, at the beginning of the season, well, it's not even the beginning of the season, but I'd say 2 weeks ago, you know, we had talked about this and you had stated, you know, oh, with the loss of Gronkowski, what do you think? And I was like, "Oh, don't worry, they still have Aaron Hernandez." Well, Wow, has the world shifted now? Now, obviously, they don't have. You know, they released him. You know, they're not even. You know, he's. I. I can never see this guy ever catching another pass in the NFL. Um, I mean, look at the. I mean, the Ravens might pick him up because the Ravens like to have. You know. No, don't don't go there. Don't do that. <laughs> it's. I think. Just don't. <laughs> We're gonna get Baltimore Ravens fans calling us and. No. Yeah, whatever. I mean, <laughs> um, you know, I just, I mean, worst case scenario, I say eight and eight this year. Worst case scenario. Um, but I still think with the Miami Dolphins, you know, yeah, we'll the Miami Dolphins better. The Jets will probably have a better season this year. Um, the Bills, I don't see any hope for the Bills. Yeah, the Bills are the Bills. We don't have to worry about them. You know, I just. Uh, uh, I I just say eight and eight. I'm gonna I'm just gonna go on a limb and say eight and eight. I don't want I don't want to say better or worse just because I'll give them a, I'll give them a fifty fifty shot. So you know, and that's just and that's mainly because of the receivers gone. Um, we'll see how. I'm sure Tom Brady by you know the third game will have some sort of repertoire with the other receive the new receivers. So we'll we'll have to wait and see on that one. But I mean with Tom Brady getting, you know, a little bit older and kind of taking on more of a slip. I mean, something I've noticed about Tom Brady, and I'm not a Tom Brady, and this is just one critique I have of him. He's, yeah. you know, besides for him being a perfect human being in general, um, he's become more of a celebrity now than a football player in some aspects. And it's it's uh, tough it's tough to say because well, you don't uh, want to say that, but at the same time, like, there's such a big difference from, like, pre-Giselle Tom Brady to post-Giselle Tom Brady. Okay, I, and uh, you know what? I, I, I Probably a lot of New England fans probably agree with you on that, but I do say this. Tom Brady, and he shows it every year, he still has the fire to win. He still has the fire to win. You see it, you know it. When he scores a touchdown, he's amped. When he gets the, you know, stick it into another, you know, opposing player's face, he does. You know, he still has, he still has the will to win, so I don't... I'll, I'll never question his his will to win ever. Um, now, does he? I don't think he takes things as literal as he used to, because 
you know, let's face it, he does have the, you know, a gorgeous model for a wife and, and, you know, lots and lots of money, but, you know, he still shows what type of person he is by taking pay cuts so they can sign guys. I mean, this guy should be, this guy should be the number one paid quarterback, not Joe Flacco. So I'm just, or Tony Romo, whoever the heck is the number one paid quarterback nowadays. You know what I mean? But he doesn't. If Tony Romo is the most paid quarterback, that is a huge injustice to football players everywhere. I, I honestly think he is. I think he's, I think he's just above Joe Flacco now. Um, I know Aaron Rodgers just got an extension, um, but I, I, I pretty sure Tony Romo is the top played quarterback. I, I don't know 100%, so don't hold me against it. But that's gross. Um, so we got about 23 minutes left in the show, so I'm gonna go ahead and shift gears here, and we're gonna talk about. The, Celtics madness. Yeah, the Celtics madness. The uh, the quick, you know, stock market that is the Celtics. Buy, for, sell, trade. Buy, sell, trade. First uh, of all, I just want I just want to say for those of you listening right now, the, the NBA draft is happening, and um, you know, I, I've been there was a shocker. Anthony Bennett, the the freshman, the power forward from UNLV, was drafted one one overall. A lot of people thought that Nerlens Noel was was going to be drafted first overall. Right. Um, Nerlens Noel went in the sixth pick actually to New Orleans and was traded to the Sixers for Drew Holiday. Um, oh wow! Yeah, so that just happened. So now Drew Holiday uh, well, will be. For, what's up? Oh, I was just gonna say for anybody that didn't know, um, who's who's that gentleman's name you just mentioned? Nerlens Noel. Yeah. Yeah. He he did tear his ACL this past year. So that could have been one of the biggest reasons why he he dropped in 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 the draft status. He was he was so hyped up though. So and and we were hoping that um we were hoping that we'd be able to talk about the Celtics pick, but it doesn't look like we're going to have the time to do that because right now they're at the 11th pick, which is yeah. in Philadelphia and each one is 5 minutes and we're number 16. Um so which is kind of unfortunate, but there are things that we can still talk about. Um, you know, this has been a crazy week for the, the Celtics. Uh, Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers is officially uh, an L.A. Clipper uh, coach, and uh, I believe he's a, he's a vice president of operations over there as well, if um, if I'm not mistaken. I believe you're right, yes. He has a yeah, very he, heightened role in, in, in the NBA now and with the uh, organization. And, and you know – I wish him all the best. Um, oh, absolutely. I mean, th- listen, I know, and like I said, we've talked about this. I didn't want to see Doc Rivers go, but you know what? I would much rather have him be on a, you know, coaching a team that he, you know, can eventually win another championship with, with than rather than kind of, you know, try to, you know, push along some young kids and stuff like that. I just don't think that. He's a little too old for that. He just he just wants to win. Well, in the 2011 off season, he signed a five year contract extension worth 35 million dollars. Right. And so that's why people are angry right now. But it's it's tough. You know, we we got a, a 2015 first round pick, and I'm happy about that because this draft class was not. I mean, from what I've heard and what I've researched about, not that great. It's not and, that great. Um, no. it, I mean, like, you know, it, it's. It is what it is, and, and Doc needed it. It was time, and this, uh, you know, it was time to do that. So it looks like we actually have Yoni calling in right now. So I'm gonna go ahead and answer this. Hello, Yoni. Yep. Hey, Yoni, what's going on, man? How you doing? 
Not bad. Listen, we're talking about the Celtics right now. Obviously, that's why he called in. Let everybody know what is going on in the Celtics nation, man. Well, first off, how do you feel about how do you feel about Doc Rivers first first and foremost? Um, do you think this, um, this is a part of reconstruction? Do you think we should be looking for you know what no, what new coaches do you think we should be looking at the most? Well, so I think the Celtics are really into uh, looking at young coaches um, for the rebuilding process because uh, it looked like Doc just really didn't want to have anything to do with the rebuilding process. I mean, he came, you know, with the intention of winning championships, and the big three were all about that. And now that there's a rebuilding, I don't think he's really into, you know, sticking around for three years to coach, like, like start coaching new players that don't really know how to play Celtic basketball versus KG, Paul Pierce. I mean, it's, it's a huge difference. Yeah. So, so do you think that the 2015 first round pick is, you know, is that worth it? I guess like, you know, I, I know that we're again, talking about reconstruction and I know that we'll get to this later. There's been talks about Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett going for three draft picks, um, three first round draft picks. Do you, is the prospect of getting four, I mean, or more first round draft picks uh, from other teams, like worth it, like getting rid of, you know, basically cleaning house? Is that worth it for rebuilding? Well, I mean, thinking long term, yes, probably. Um, Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce aren't going to be lasting for the next few years. I mean, they're not going to be playing the way they used to. You know, that's just the fact. Right. Um, so. Yeah, if you're thinking long term, then yeah, uh, getting getting draft picks um, and young players and young coaches is what you want to do. Um, thinking, you know, just in terms of a Celtics fan, like I don't want to see Kevin Garnett leave. I don't want to see Paul Pierce leave. I mean, they've been like franchise players. Absolutely, but young, know? don't you think it's don't you think it's about time though that they they that start? Is, yeah, it's true. Unfortunately, it's. I mean, I, I know, I know, like, I mean, and I have, I have stated it many times. You know, I know a lot of us Celtics fans don't want that to happen, but I mean, we have to yeah. get the facts sooner or later has to happen. So, who do you? Well, so now, we're we're all being ambivalent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like now, who do you see? Is is there any truth to this um, uh, Brooklyn Nets trade for Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce? For Chris Humphrey well, and uh, I don't know, I forgot the other guy. Oh, Gerald Wall, uh, Gerald Wallace. I can never say the guy's name. Yeah, Gerald Gerald Wallace. Gerald Wallace. Uh, Excuse me. Yeah, you're right. It was yeah, it was supposed to be uh, essentially those two, and now apparently uh, Jason Terry might be joining for uh, to include the different oh, first round picks in the future. The jet? Yeah. Oh, jet too. The Jet. Um, uh, so I, I guess they're in preliminary talks, but. Uh, from ESPN, it, it seems like uh, the the actual uh, whether that's going to happen or not is is sort of slim to none. Whether you know the chances of it. So they're just um, they're just, just be- tossing their name out, right? I assume so. I assume they're hoping to get more than just Gerald Wallace and Chris Humphrey because well, I mean, they three they have first rounders. Right. Well, so I'm I'm thinking uh, they're th- I assume that the Celtics are thinking more like, on the team right now. Because, I mean, they, they do have some, some talent. Uh, not, like, amazing talent, but talent nonetheless. Right. Um, so if they could get players for this coming year, the 2013-2014 season, rather than waiting two or three years to actually, you know, profit off of this trade, I think it might be worthwhile. 
Okay, like what? I just I don't know. I think I uh, do. You think that um? Do you? I, I want to throw a hypothetical question out to you, uh, Yoni. Do you think now? Do you think Chris Paul had anything to do with getting Doc Rivers in L.A.? And do you think that Dwight Howard and Chris Paul are going to try to team up and, and make some sort of super team? Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, you honest. have to bring up Dwight Howard all the time, dude. You have to because it's Dwight true. Howard well, so, and Chris Paul have yeah. talked. So they, they have. It's news. I mean, they yeah. They've played together and they like playing together. Um, so that that's that's the unfortunate thing for everyone else around the league. I mean, Dwight Howard is like the biggest free agent around this summer, which is sad. And <laughs> I, I guess the tallest, you know, and and the cat <laughs> size. Um, but uh, there have been reports that he's like not likely to return to the Lakers. Um, which means that I mean, apparently Houston. Um, is also going for him, um, the Houston Rockets. But yep. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he went to the Clippers because him and Chris Paul could really do some damage. And, I mean, he doesn't have to answer to Mike D'Antoni. He with can't Doc run Rivers. D'Antoni's office. Yeah. Well, yeah. And with, well, I'm sure Chris Paul would love Doc Rivers. So what I'm are, sure what Doc gonna... Rivers wouldn't mind having not to deal with Rajon Rondo. Just that yeah, so <laughs> I was about to ask about that. Do you yeah. know, because, I mean – I've heard that they got in, like an almost a fist fight, and do you think that that was yeah. one of the big? Yeah, I, I mean, I can't imagine Rajon Rondo just fighting Doc Rivers. That would be like celebrity death match. But um, like <laughs> I, I do, you, do you think that that was one of the driving forces? Because this team, whether we like it or not, is going to transition to. And tell me if I'm wrong. I mean, this is what I think. Rajon Rondo and, you know, Sully and Jeff Green's kind of team. I think that this is going to start revolving around them more, especially with trade talks involving Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. Um, do you think that, that Rajon Rondo and, you know, Danny Ainge is, is seeing this and, and realizing that he needs to, you know, he needs to kind of create this team around Rondo for him to be successful because he is an all-star caliber point guard, uh, a, a pure point guard. Do you think that this had a lot of a lot to do to do with um, you know Doc not returning to the to the Boston Celtics? Uh, I I do. Um, the thing is, I mean, we we can all see it when Rondo plays. He's obviously a difficult player to coach. I mean, right. he's very vocal and like he doesn't care if you think he's wrong. He's still going to vocalize his opinion, maybe in a way that you might not like. Um, so it's I mean it's clear, and Rondo's actually said it before. Like he knows that he's not an easy player to coach. Um, and at some point, Doc Rivers has got to say, like, it's either me or Rondo, right? Because yeah. it's got to be, I mean, it's hard to deal with, uh, like, a difficult player, right? Um, and at some point, I mean, you know, Rivers is complaining about this, but, you know, management really, Danny, uh, Danny Ainge really likes Rondo. So, well, he's obviously going to want to keep Rondo. So if it comes down to, you know, one or the other, he's going to go with he's his all Rondo. Player. All yeah. right, that's that's it's just it's it's t- as a Celtics fan, it's tough for me to swallow that Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce are probably gone. I mean, when Ray Allen left last year, I was you know so upset because one, he went to the Heat. That was even two, worse. Yeah, he went yeah. to the Heat, and and then he that was like won. a trade. You want a champion? Oh, like, so obnoxious. <laughs> being, yeah, being traded is one thing, but then like being traded to the team that beat us in the Eastern Conference Finals and then winning a championship with them. And I mean, not that, only that, that's the worst right there. 
And, you know, well, the worst to me is not only did he go to the Heat, but he took less money to go to the Heat. You know what I mean? Because the Celtics right. offered him a lot more money. And right. The fact that was that was probably the biggest smack in the face to the, the Celtics organization than anybody could have ever done. At least in my eyes. I mean, that's like, you know, he's basically like, yep, screw you. <laughs> he wants so, to work on his yeah. golf swing and, and get carried to a championship. You can't blame the guy. Like, that's that's the life right there. Um, well, yeah. I mean, if I'm if I'm thinking player-wise, any type of player would do that if they're chasing a championship. But if I'm, you know, the city, you betrayed our our trust. I mean, we loved Ray Allen, didn't we? Oh yeah, absolutely. I don't yeah. think anyone really likes him anymore. No, <laughs> certainly no, not no. in Boston. No, definitely not. Do you do you think that I know that Jason Kidd is now coaching the Brooklyn Nets? Um, so I mean, and I keep on seeing that this trade is a definite, or this trade is just speculation. It's just a rumor at this point. I, I, there are engaged in talks, so I guess there's some kind of merit to it. But do you think that Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett are going to like being coached by Jason Kidd, who is, first of all, their rival, and second of all, someone who's pretty much their same age? Yeah, like, someone that was just on the floor. Yeah, and, well, you know I, mean? um, I can't, you know, I can't speak for them, but if it were me, I mean, I know everyone knows how intelligent Jason Kidd is both on and off the court. I mean, he's, he's like a great guy. Um, and with his basketball, like IQ, um, even at 35, he was still playing pretty darn well for the Knicks. Mm-hmm. You know, that's pretty impressive. Um, how like someone would feel, how like Kevin Garnett would feel about being coached by someone younger than him. is a little bit awkward. Yeah. Um, right. But I don't think Kevin Garnett would mind because I think both of them would sort of have the understanding that like, I'm KG, I know what I'm supposed to do, and I'm going to do it, and that's it, you know? So, all in like, all, I, yeah. if, if, so, okay, so going back to this trade, if you're a realistic Celtics fan looking towards success in the future, do you future, like this? Sure. Okay, well, I'm just saying, because we already got rid of Doc, KG and Paul Pierce are already on the table, we, we've already vocalized that they're probably not going to be here next season because KG doesn't want to be without Paul Pierce, which I think is awesome. Um, but, you know, looking ahead, do you think that this is the best thing for the Celtics to to, to kind of cash out and get as many first-round picks as they can? Because, you know, if, if I know that Doc Rivers' pick is 2015. If we get, you know, a first-rounder in 2014, 2015, 2016 from the Nets. We have another one in 2015, and then we have two of our own, or three of our own draft picks. That's like seven or eight first-rounders in the next, you know, three years, which is absurd. Like, definitely worth it, right? I mean, yes, in the future. So, like, I'd say 10 years from now it'd be worth it because all of those players would be developed. So for the next 10 years, though, we're sort of in for a rough ride because none of them are going to be, like, NBA-ready. I mean, like, maybe one or two out of the 10 could be, but it's, it's not very common that someone's like Damian Lillard or something like that can just come off, you know, being a rookie and, and scoring, like, 20 points a game and being that involved. All right, so with Paul Pierce and KG, do the Celtics make the playoffs next year? I, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I, I think Rondo can lead them because I think Rondo is impressive and I think with Rondo and KG and Paul Pierce, they do have a shot because Jeff Green, if he doesn't disappear all the time, he can help out. If Jason Terry is still here, he can also help out, assuming he doesn't disappear too. 
I mean, like, I think they have a chance, but they're old. So, I mean, like, you can't get around that. It was pretty clear in the playoffs, and we didn't really go very far in, so. And without Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett, that's not going to happen. Without without them, I don't think we're going to make the playoffs. I mean, I don't think there's any possibility. Do you? Uh, I, I wouldn't think this year. I mean, unless, you know, there's some miracle that we happen to get. Unless Jeff Green finally starts playing consistently. Yeah, and I mean, unless, you know, so we get some random trade that gets us an amazing player who no one knew about, but I don't see that happening. I mean, even if our draft works out well, I doubt that uh, the person we draft will necessarily play for us even the first year. I mean, you remember Fat Mello. How many minutes did he play the whole year? <laughs> I mean, yeah. on the on the main lobsters, he was averaging good minutes. <laughs> right, well, so, I mean, like, good. I'm, like, glad for him. <laughs> <laughs> the main lobsters. It's it's a serious organization, man. But so yeah, <laughs> have you have you been, have you been following the the draft right now? You've been following like the you saw the Nerlens Noel trade. I, I assume yes. Yeah. Did they make that final? Yeah, they made it final. So oh, now wow. Jeru Holiday is going to uh, is uh, is going to New Orleans for Nerlens Noel and another pick, I think, or something else. Um, do you know about the guys who are still up on the board right now? Are you are you watching right now? Because I'm not watching the second. No, but um, in terms of who the Celtics would get, yeah, uh, I would I would just hope that they get someone. I mean, they they need a big person. They need a center or a power forward. They need someone large because you can't just assume that Jared Sullinger is going to take on all the all the heat oh, inside. <laughs> That's yeah, it's like I mean, know, he's not even that big. <laughs> in case you he's didn't not know, actually very tall. John John's uh, roommate is uh, I mean, I mean, excuse me, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking John's about? favorite player. Sorry, someone just posted on Facebook about me paying rent, so that's uh, that's why I had to. Uh, <laughs> but uh, John's favorite Celtic is is Jared Sollinger. Is he going to have a big year this year? What do you take? Yes or no? I would say yes. I mean, I thought he was great last year. You know, I like he put up pretty impressive minutes for someone who was coming off of uh, this huge back injury that no one knew where would it, where it would take him. Um, and unfortunately, it it caught up to him. But assuming he gets back healthy, um, I mean, he's a he's a really he's a really big force inside. He gets rebounds. He you know he gets dirty. He'll uh, you know steal the ball from people inside, and he'll be able to get random. You know, putbacks and tips. Um, he's he's really impressive, but he's not that big. He's just not a tall person uh, in comparison to the other centers in the league. So you know, we we need more height on our team. And if KG's right. gone, you know, we can't assume Chris Wilcox is going to pick up the the slack. Yeah, that's not, that's not gonna, yeah, that's, that's not, not going to work out. <laughs> All right, Yoni. Um, so we got about five minutes left in the show, so we're going to go ahead and let you go. Uh, right, thank you talking. so much for coming on, buddy. We appreciate it. Of course. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Take it easy, buddy. Bye. Bye. All right. I'm glad we finally get to talk some Celtics because we haven't talked Celtics in a long time. And, you know. Yoni knows his stuff. The Celtics are in a transitional period right now, and it's going to be kind of weird for a while. And I'm glad that, you know, because the Bruins have been taking precedent, and we finally get to talk about it. So. Yeah. So, well, now we have. About four minutes left in the show. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to introduce this week's asshat of the week. There's no, there's no contest. I mean, there's like... no contest to anybody that's going to take this. So, Mr. Aaron Hernandez, 
I give you the ass hat of the week. Yeah! Thank you so much for making this a very entertaining week. We appreciate it. Man, he is the only one that deserves that this week. I'm sure we could find other people, but yes, Mr. Aaron Hernandez, you win sports blogger, ass hat of the week award. Wear it comfortably in jail. You deserve it. So. Yeah, yeah, he uh, he he earns ass out of the week this week. Uh, last week we were talking about dumb fans. Now we're talking about dumb players. Um, I don't think there's anyone who deserves it more. Uh, ass out of the week has no boundaries. It could be anyone, anything, or anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I think that um, given the double murder he's being investigated for, and the other murder, and shooting a guy in the face, um. Yeah, that pretty much gives him. You know, that's that's asshat status. If I've ever that's seen asshat you know, status. You know, I think he's he's gonna wear proud in jail. Um, and you know, I I think that there's gonna be some. Um, I'm not gonna make that joke. Never mind. But just uh, no, don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I keep on I keep on remembering like I'm on air. I can't make these jokes. I can't do this. But you know, like we like we said, the evidence is pretty. Yeah, it's pretty substantial. It's pretty substantial. I think that he's gonna end up in jail. Um, um all right. Uh, before we let everybody go and before we end this episode, uh, you told me that you have a very special shout out that you'd like to give out. So, oh yeah. So, so today I was running, I was, uh, I've been starting to run more lately. I'm trying to get into shape because I am so out of shape from too much beer and pizza. Um, and I was running home at the end of my three mile loop and I saw these, these, a couple of fifth graders, um, playing, playing street hockey. And I asked them, I asked them if they needed another player, and they said yes. So I ran and got my stick, and I played two 20-minute periods. Those kids, first of all, they're playing 20-minute periods like champs. Like I just want to say that those kids were not, you know, those kids are going full NHL on on me. And I just wanted to give them a shout out. Uh, the guys down the street, again, like I said, anytime you want to play, just knock on my side door, and uh, I'll come out and play. So I wanted to give you guys a shout out. Hope you're listening. I t- I showed you how to how to access the site. Um, so yeah. Shout out to you guys. I hope I play with you soon. So there you go. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. Uh, We hope that you guys will tune in again next week. Make sure that you tune in tomorrow at 8 p.m. on this very channel for Fan Junkies Radio. Uh, They're going to have a very special guest on, uh, an ex-NHL star. You won't want to miss that. Also, tune in Saturday at 1 p.m. at 5 minutes at the Pratt House with our good friend Michael McShay. He has an outstanding show. Don't want to miss that as well. Uh, look for us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter at Sports Blaga. Sports Blaga. Uh, there it is. Can we get a theme song that goes Sports Blaga? I, mean, I someone, hope so. Someone who's listening, so. they should make that for us because that would be incredible. That is fantastic. I love that. So you've heard it here first. Sports Blaga. And it's a mystery. No, right it's here. a mystery. Oh, that's just, that's, are you talking? talking crap because i'm italian is that what that is no it's just funny uh-huh sure 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 listen you know that's how we do things on here we just just because start... you're irish and i'm italian that's why it's gotta be it's a mystery yeah okay yeah it's a mystery go eat your potatoes bud all right all right mario Calm down. <laughs> all right guys so you heard us rambling obviously that's it that's all we got time for today uh, hopefully you guys will tune in next week and hear some more of our shenanigans because I'm sure we'll have some more. In bad Boston accents. Yes, extremely bad Boston accents. Boston accents. Boston. All right, guys. Thank you so much. 